0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Now That We're A Family podcast. Katie and I have been thinking and talking a lot about marriage in general, but more specifically about our marriage in particular. And so we're going to share some of our recent thoughts and I guess kind of some epiphanies and some newfound insights into marriage and how it's been affecting our everyday life. Because Katie and I get the most, I guess, excited about new concepts when we see them having a practical effect on our day in and day out. So that's what we're gonna be talking about today. I hope you enjoy it. Also, if you do enjoy this podcast on any level, we would love it if you are able to leave a rating or a review on iTunes. We've been blessed just so abundantly by the gracious words we've heard from so many of you on iTunes. And we just thank you so much for, for saying the kind things and for leaving five-star ratings and reviews. Um, it means so much to us, and it also really helps get this podcast out to more listeners. The podcast is actually growing faster than it's ever grown, and so that makes Katie and I really excited, and it makes us really happy. So thank you for helping us do that. Let's get this thing going.
1: The Now That We're a Family
0: podcast! Katie, I'm going to be frank with you. I, I feel like this might be a one-sided conversation here. You're not giving me much leading into this episode. <laughs> yeah,
1: I told Elisha, he's like, you want to do the intro? I was like, no, do the intro. He's like, you want to kick the podcast off? I'm like, no, I don't know what I'm going to say. But you know what I could talk about is it dawned on me, if I look a little funky in the YouTube on the YouTube thing, I was down decluttering our bathroom hmm. And I was trying on makeup just to see if I should throw it out or if I still liked it. And I just, like, I it just dawned on me that, like, I just put highlighter on, like, half my face or, like.
0: Oh, you look great. Whatever, really? you, whatever you're using, you should keep. <laughs> should do loves not, it. Do not you throw know, it out. I
1: feel like I kind of look like the gal in Princess Diaries. Oh, yeah? You know, like, with her hair and her headband.
0: You look better than anybody in any diaries. so oh,
1: wow, okay. Yeah. well, i wasn't I wasn't hunting for compliments. I was just apparently, that's what I was still thinking about. So we're gonna jump in and talk about something else. yeah.
0: well, this is pretty this evenings pretty indicative of of how I guess industrious Katie is because she was literally like decluttering, organizing, clean deep cleaning until literally the minute we sat down in here to record this podcast. Because you're trying to get yourself—we love getting ourselves—we record the podcast on Sunday evenings, and we love using Sundays to really get us ready to rock and roll for Monday— and you really took that to a whole new level today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes when you're just feeling it, you're feeling it.
0: Yeah, you were in the you're in the flow there. Uh, so today, Katie and I are gonna be talking about marriage. And you know, I said that we're we this was kind of a new concept, but in reality, the concept itself is not new. We've probably even talked about it before. I know where I first heard it, and that was from your parents at their newlywed retreat. And I don't know where they first heard of this concept. At, but I, what I think is new is how we're seeing that when this concept is applied entirely, you know, to your marriage, it really does have an effect in many ways. And actually, maybe another way to say that is I think we started identifying areas we weren't viewing our marriage through this lens. And you start to see some of the negative effects it has if you don't view marriage through this lens. Um, so would, you, would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, no. So <laughs> I just have to tell you guys up front, I didn't write down anything for this podcast. So I don't know what Elisha's going to say. And I'm just curious, I guess, where you're going with it. And what I totally agree with the 50 or, well, did I just say it?
0: Well, you can say it's going to come out at some point in the episode. <laughs> so
1: now is as good a time as any. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just the concept of a 50-50 marriage. And I think that even if we don't believe that this is true, I think the world tells us or culture tells us that this is just a fact right you should be both putting 50 percent of effort in it and meeting in the middle so it's kind of like totally understandable for people that have grown up without a biblical worldview when you're familiar with the biblical worldview you realize like that's not how god how god intended marriage to be but i think we can still really slide into thinking and have our thinking be that whole 50-50 concept in marriage.
0: Yes, I think that's that's very well said. It was, it was you know, I think we had been married for f- uh, maybe four or five months, maybe, yeah, about about seven months, I guess, when we went to your parents' newlywed retreat. And they really broke down this concept of not 50-50, but 100% and 100%. And it really struck me. It was profound to me at the time, even though I never would have agreed to live like a 50-50 marriage, because that sounds so not what God had ordained for marriage, you know, that two become one and you know, and that, and that like you literally are this new brand new creation basically as a marriage. But I do think I was so prone to thinking in regards to 50, 50 and even, you know, here we are six years into marriage. And I, like you mentioned, Katie, because of, the way the world in general portrays marriage, we are so prone to thinking that way. And also just as humans, we like to use logic and like mathematics. And we're like, well, if I do this, then you do that. And we think cause and effect. I think that's why it's so hard for us to even grasp the gospel of like, it's entirely his work and I get to exist in this new creation that he made me to be. And we can carry that type of mindset into marriage of I do this, you do that. A little 50-50.
1: Well, I think that's what's interesting, Elisha, is actually when you think of the mathematics of it. I know when my dad draws this out, he calls it the 100% solution and, you know, asks the crowd, okay, so how much do you think you should both be giving? And I think I told you guys on the podcast before that I listened to a book. It was a secular book, but it was called The 80-20 Marriage. Hmm. So even the secular author was picking up that if, okay, you're both giving 50%, you know, picture this line and you're meeting in the middle, right? So there's a line coming in from the right, there's a line coming in from the left, you're meeting in the middle. Well, the second one partner gives 49%, you have a gap there. Mm. And your marriage is no longer thriving. And so you really have no margin. It's a zero margin marriage is what a 50-50 marriage is. Mm -hmm. And when you have, say, an 80-20 marriage, which this guy was encouraging, you have a little bit of, you have quite a bit of overlap there. And so so if a spouse is going through a hard time, or if there's more on their plate, or if they can't be giving the same amount emotionally, and, you know, physically, and spiritually, and all those in all those areas, well, there's a little grace there, right? But when My father on the whiteboard draws out the 100% solution. You have one line going all the way from the right to the left, and you have the other line going all the way from the right to the left. And just that visual image of the unity and the overlap and the strength of that relationship is so powerful. And that's always stuck with me in how I want to view our marriage is that we're both giving all that we've got, regardless of where the other person is. Because the other person can be operating on 20% and we still have 100% of a marriage.
0: Yeah, that is such a good visual. I love seeing that, Katie. Like you said, 50-50 leaves you with no margin. Uh, It's a no margin marriage. And I think even prior to thinking in regards to what we cuz even the language that we use what am i giving what am i receiving what are you giving are you getting more than you're giving you know we we talk in terms like that i think it's so important from like a definition standpoint to like basically ask the question what is marriage because it's it's more than how we act like and basically how we how we understand marriage and how we define marriage is going to Inform how we act, and it's going to de- determine much of how how we behave in, in our marriage. And so, even when we look at what the Bible says about marriage, it's clear from the beginning that it it's not a it's not just a partnership. It's not a give and take. It's like this new creation. And I I love that he even uses the the term that we become one. The two become one. They're, they're no longer one. And you know, even uh, Paul talks about later on and illustrating this point that no man Um, I need to find this reference, but that, you know, no man hateth his own flesh, but nurtureth it and cherisheth it. And he's talking about, and that in regards to, to you and your wife, like you need to love and nurture and cherish your wife because she's of the same, you are the same body. What goes well for her goes well for you. And what goes poorly for her goes poorly for you. And when you have that type of mindset and that's kind of like the, the foundation then from there, you d- you stop thinking mathematically and what am I getting or what am I not getting? You start thinking, how is our marriage? And I-, I like viewing it that way because, well, not only do I, first and foremost, I think that's the way the Bible talks about it, but it also actually makes so many more Bible verses about the church and Christ and the way he talks about the church. It makes them so much easier to apply to your marriage because, I mean, God God says that marriage is a picture, an illustration of his relationship with the church. And when it's talking about, you know, there being many members in the church, but they all ultimately serve the same purpose, and it's his purpose, then you start, you, you know from, we've been, heard the sermons about, hey in the body of Christ, we all serve different purposes and different roles. There's the mouth and there's the feet and there's the hands. And, and we're all here serving the same purpose for God's purpose, his glory. We're his bride. But for some reason, we don't carry that mindset into marriage and we get very nitpicky. And we're like, well, you're being more of the mouth. I want to be more of the mouth. I want to be the feet. Well, I want to be the hands. I want to be doing this. And you start keeping track of who's doing what on like a daily tasks from a daily task standpoint versus taking the mindset of, wait a second, we're one for one purpose. And then from that point, how are the tasks distributed according to what God says we should or shouldn't do?
1: Yeah. I like the picture of Christ loving his church. And just like you said, the gospel message, if we have a skewed picture of marriage, it's really easy to have a skewed picture of the gospel and that Christ did his part, I'm going to do my part, Mm. and having that works-based relationship with Christ and finding our salvation that way, or thinking we're finding our salvation that way, instead of a complete dependence on him and a complete servitude to Christ, and him completely dying for us and completely taking our sin on himself and eradicating that, that's just such a beautiful picture, and when we view marriage like that, which is what Christ describes marriage as, is Him loving us and us serving Him, then you have this, like, it just changes the way you view loving your spouse, mm. and and it takes it away from the real earthly focus of who's gonna bathe the kids tonight, mm. you know?
0: Yeah, that's exactly right, because when you start breaking it down to the tasks, it's so easy to get uh, competitive, it's so easy to start keeping track, keeping score, because we are living in these physical bodies, and so you basically quantify, sometimes it's easy to quant as as people, even as Christians, it's easy to quantify how well we're being loved by the physical things that are being done for us, mm-hmm. or that are being done against us, rather than the purpose of the marriage from, from the beginning, and if that spouse is on the same page. And Katie and I over this weekend went through a little exercise that I think is really helpful, and that is just asking the question, if everything went well in our life, the things that we want to make progress in um, over the next three years, what would our life look like in three years? And so Katie and I both maybe just took like 15 minutes to think about that and then write down maybe like a paragraph of what our life would look like on a very practical level, um, on a, you know what our marriage would be like, what our parenting would be like, what our you know living situation would be like in three years, and what blessed me so much is how aligned we are in what we feel like we want f- for life. But even as convenient as that is, and even as like nice as that is. I think that that can only come from having the same understanding as to who we belong to and what the point of marriage is.
1: Yeah. You know, actually mentioning that, that was a really fun exercise we did this weekend. This Sabbath, we are sitting around and Elisha's like, hey, let's do an exercise real quick. And we actually really had a lot of fun writing where have we come from the past three years. And we found that super rewarding. And then it actually was really encouraging to write out the, where do you want to be in three years separately and then read it together? Because we had all the same goals, which is pretty cool for our family and where we wanted to live and all that. But what's funny is I would say if you had us do that for like the next month or the next three months, we probably would have said different things.
0: Yeah, that is interesting, huh? The way you've, and I think there's actually a ton of help. We, we talked about this last week, actually, just the different timelines in which you approach life or will evaluate goals or, or um, aspirations through it does kind of make a difference. But I think what's more important than even the timelines in which you look through different goals is the ultimate, um, like I said, definition of who we are, are we in marriage? Because I don't think that we would actually be that aligned in our goals and aspirations if we both didn't have this firm belief that marriage isn't what we get to say that it is or what we want out of marriage is based entirely off of like our, our human, you know, desires or our human like instincts, it's first and foremost based off of what God wants from marriage. And we're submitted to that. And then I think we're able to really appreciate and enjoy each other's like skill sets that they bring to life into the marriage and then also it makes us far more um, able to, eat whether or not this is good when you, well, I think it actually is good. It's so much easier to submit to what God says each role should be for the husband and the wife when you view marriage as it's not, it's, it's for God's purpose. Like we're the same team here. We have the exact same mission. We are a unit and how God chooses to kind of distribute the roles it's all of this was for his purpose. Anyways, it was his creation. His design is for his glory and boy. Yeah. Do we get to enjoy it? We certainly get to enjoy it when we live it according to his design, but it makes you far more, I guess, willing and accepting of what God has defined for various roles in marriage as well.
1: Yeah. I like to think of like, you know, like two oxen pulling a wagon or whatever. And, I feel like when we can fully embrace God's design for marriage and we're both, we just really both pull together and we're on the same mission and we go so far. And I think that it's really easy in marriage to start thinking, okay, well, this is what I want to do and this is what you want to do. So like you pull your way and I'll pull my way. And you really, it's really counterproductive. Mm -hmm. Like if someone's pulling to the right and you're pulling to the left, it's really hard to move forward that way as a unit. And like the yokes chafing and you're yanking each other around and the wagon's bouncing in the back. And it's just like pain and friction. And I think it's so cool that, well, it's been so humbling actually to see, you know, dreams that I know that you've had or desires I know that you've had that didn't show up on that list you know, that we did on Saturday because of just where you want our family to be hmm. and, you know, what you want to do for our family. And
0: yeah, well, I don't think I can take credit or, or, or <laughs> I, I can't, th- I can't say that that was me like being selfless or exercising some virtue. I, I really do think God has changed my heart and the way I prioritize various desires and passions, um, and it's not that those some of those things that I excluded from the list are entirely gone, but I do think I look at them through the lens and through the context of hopefully much more in the rightful where they belong in the rightful place. And I look at the health of our family, our marriage, what the Lord would have for us at in a higher place. And because of that, I really do feel like the Lord's blessed me in aligning my affection towards those things because yeah, even if our affection doesn't align with some of these things, we want to be able to submit to the Lord and, you know, surrender those things to the Lord. But boy, what a blessing when the Lord truly changes your affection and your desire and what actually gets you emotionally excited to be in line with what he's designed for, for your life and for marriage.
1: Yeah. I think at that verse, uh, I wish I had the reference, Classic, but it's, you know, He shall give you the desires of your heart. Mm. And I misunderstood that verse for so many years where I just thought that whatever I wanted really bad, if I like prayed hard enough or, you know, God would give it to me because it says, you know, it's a promise, He shall give you the desires of your heart. And I forget who was the first person to kind of give a different perspective on that. And that is, He will change the desires of your heart to be His desires and Mm. give you those desires. And I just feel like that's truly what he's done in both of our lives. And it's, it's a never ending work. You know, I'm yeah. sure he's, he that was faithful to begin the work will be faithful to complete it, which is an incredible blessing again. But I do feel like both of us are in a season where we've experienced that freedom that comes from the boundaries that's that God has given us. Wow. And something that I think we so often forget is that there's freedom in boundaries. And we Mm. see this with little children, how they're happier and more joyful when they are clear where the boundaries are. And we're like that as adults, when Mm. anything goes, we can really quickly just not feel secure, not feel comforted and just run ourselves into the ground.
0: Yeah. You automatically feel discontent. Like you don't have enough time for anything frantic. There's, you know, paralysis by analysis. That's a crazy statement, Katie, that, yeah, you, we found the freedom in the boundaries, and there's so much joy in that freedom, and that's kind of like in any category, I feel like, of the Christian life, but, you know, in particular, as we're talking about it in, in regards to marriage, there is such a freedom and a joy in that, of the individual me is kind of, it's it's kind of ir- irrelevant, like, it doesn't exist, it's, we literally become one, I'm not Elisha anymore, I'm Elisha and Katie. Like that's how it, that's how the Bible talks about
1: when, like a, that. when
0: a man and a woman, <laughs> you know, are joined together, they become one. And I like that we've, you've made an effort, especially to get rid of language that talks about like you, me doing my thing, you doing your thing, or you'll support me for a little while. And then in return, I'll support you for a little while for some of your desires and your passions. Rather, it's, we are both working Sometimes simultaneously in the same, sometimes in the same way, sometimes in different ways for the mission of, of the family as this, as this unit. And when you talked about the freedom within boundaries, you can relate that to so many aspects, even within marriage, Mm -hmm. you know, the freedom within uh, parenting, the freedom, even sexually to be like, wow, this is, this, God has given us full free reign sexually within the confines of marriage between a man and a woman. And there's so much freedom in that. There's so much joy in that mm-hmm. and there's so much satisfaction in that when you're able to take rest and comfort, and that this these are the boundaries that God's laid out for sexual expression. Mm-hmm. And I and I get to have take, take joy in the freedom of that. That's a really, I think, profound statement, Katie. That there's so much freedom in the boundaries, and the more, yeah, it just makes me think of so many different areas of life that that's the case,
1: yeah. And it's I, it is a important thing I think to remember, but I think that we're in a season of life right now where I really don't feel like we're kicking against the pricks, you know, trying mm. to try, fighting that. And it's just been a really fun, freeing season. And I think that this whole concept of we're pulling together, we're pulling the weight together has really eliminated the tit for tat kind of stuff in our marriage. Like, I don't really know the last time, like or our first couple years of marriage, it was definitely a little bit more like, oh man, I did this today. Like, what did you do today? Yeah. Or you didn't do as much as I did, or I didn't do as much as you did. Or this like go back and forth kind of thing where you can't feel really dissatisfied or really like you have to, I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's really annoying yeah, <laughs> in I mean, marriage I- to feel like.
0: Uh, I agree. And that, you know, that everything we just talked about was kind of conceptual. I think some things I wanted to get, you know, I guess, uh, yeah, like reference that this has, this can show itself practically isn't a bunch of different categories, but I think in, when you're in marriage, The way you view money can become, you know, a 50-50 thing. How are you spending money? How am I spending money? The Mm -hmm. way you're spending time with friends, like your social. You're hanging out with so-and-so. I want to hang out with so-and-so. Or I hung out with your friends last week. Now I want you to hang out with whatever. You know, you start doing that with your social life. Or in regards to work, like I'm working, I'm doing this much work here. You need to do this much work here. Or housework or out-of-the-house work, like career or you know, keeping keeping the home, you start keeping track of who's doing what and what what that should look like. Um, some other oh, sex for sure. It's like hey, I did this for you. You need you did this for me, or I need a break. Or you like you start viewing it like that. You're keeping track, or even in regards to um, you,
1: you like said rest. Like you had a couple, ca- yeah. You're rest. going for it.
0: in regards to rest. Like hey, I gave you a break the other day. I want a break. Now this doesn't go to say that. We've, our bodies have physical needs and we need to sometimes, because I'm, I'm I'm oblivious a lot of times to Katie's physical needs, to her spiritual needs, to her emotional needs. Um, I'm becoming more and more in tune, hopefully, yeah. over time. But when you come to me and say, hey, I need a break, you're coming to it from the standpoint of we're a team here. And I'm hearing it from the standpoint of for the health of Elisha and Katie Inc., you know, for the health of our marriage, for our home, for this unit, I-, I need a break. And to me, that's like, you're you're letting me know what's best for the team, not just what's best for you as an individual, or you're not guilt tripping me and saying, hey, I gave you this break. I need this break. But I think those are just a few categories where this can really start to show itself. Um, or like you said, pursuing passions. Another thing is people's personal passions or hobbies is another area that I really think this shows up. In, in marriages, when you don't have a 100% a solution marriage, where you start keeping track, you say, Hey, I let you do this fun hobby. Now I want to do my fun hobby. And what's cool, Katie, is, you know, I can look over here, the camera can't see it, but over to my right is my dream board. And we look at all the photos here. And I mean, would you agree, even though these are all my personal, like, like, like they're the things that get me excited. They're photos of things that get me excited.
1: I wish we could show everybody. It's a very epic dream board. Yeah. Should I go get it? No,
0: you should not. This is very secret. <laughs> are you kidding me? To
1: bear, all uh, your secrets to the world. Yeah,
0: your parents like moved something into our garage the other day and I was all embarrassed because they, they are the first, like they're the only people besides you to see outside my dream board. Eyes. Yeah, outside eyes. outside eyes to see the dream board. But I mean, from your standpoint, would you look at all those and say like, oh, all the things... Elisha's are going for are, are us, are us growing. Like there, it's for the betterment of our home, for the family, for, for our future. When you look at those.
1: Well, okay.
0: No, oh my no, no, goodness! No, no, dang, no, no, no. Just a second.
1: I feel like I have to share a little bit to our audience because they can't see the board, and they might be picturing like you like in making dinner, or yeah, just
0: like doing or, Bible like, times with the family, or like you just doing Bible
1: times with the sure. family, or this like it's not like a holier than thou board, like it's like a guy board, you know, like there's weights and chests and guns and stuff on it. But I think what's so cool is I see on that board, all these things that, I mean, there's the Bible on there too, and music. And and I mean, there's there's great. Yeah. But I see all these things that light Elisha up and get him excited and make him a better man. And so to me, when I see that board, yeah, I want you to pursue everything on it. Because when you are fulfilled and excited about what you're doing and you have clear goals and you're investing into those things, it really comes back in dividends to our family. And I think, I don't think that would necessarily be the case for every man, but like you've proven that to me time and time again, like you're never going to let any of those things on the dream boards supersede our family Hmm. and your desire for it. So yeah, when I look at that dream board, I see, wow, this is totally going to bless and benefit our family. But I think that if I didn't have the perspective that I have, I might not think that.
0: Yeah. Fair. You're so right. That makes sense. That that does, I guess, require some explanation because many of these things, just taken out of context or many of these things put in the context of me like prioritizing it just for my individual satisfaction and my personal gain would obviously not necessarily be for the betterment of our family. But I think so many of these things that get me fired up and they get me inspired. I look at it through the lens of us as a family, like me acquiring more skill sets in various areas to, to, teach our family or to lead our family or to have more time for our family
1: or to protect our to family, protect our family. Yeah. Sure.
0: To, yeah. To even like, yeah, provide better for our family. Um, and I feel the same way when I see your dream board, your dream board isn't in here right now, but I'm like, wow, all of these things that you've put on your dream board in these areas that, that inspire you in the areas that you want to grow in as a woman. If you just looked at one isolated photo, you could be like, okay, well, you know, maybe it's like a fitness photo. Like you want to, you want to become more fit. Be like, Oh, well, if that's like all she's focusing on this year, she must be really, you know, making a, an idol out of becoming more fit, you know, or, or overemphasizing the health of her body. But I see that and I know your heart and I know that we're on the same page with what's best for our family. I'm Like, oh, how much of a blessing is it to a home to me and to our children when you are healthy, when you are vibrant, when you have energy, when you're full of life? you know, when you've got energy to give and to serve, um, it's a blessing to me. And I look at it through through that lens. So yeah, I guess it does require some explanation. But what I was trying, what what I guess the point is, is that I would say there were probably some things that I could have put on my dream board, but they didn't quite hit the filter of like, this actually isn't the best for our whole family. This isn't the best for our, our whole unit. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it just, I think it does prove the point. Uh, it goes back to really our perspective on marriage and like what's a win for you is a win for me Mm. is a win for our family. Cause like, I know your heart towards your, our family, you know, my heart's towards our family. And ultimately both our hearts are towards, you know, bigger than our family Christ and what he has in his mission for us. And, and, you know, right now what's right before us, it looks like it's, it's our kids, Mm. you know, and, and it is our family, but um, regardless of how that grows or shifts or changes, I think it is so incredible to feel like you have a teammate who's on your side that's pulling with you and when it gets hard and on the hard days or on, you know, the days when, you know, I am dragging and I'm just, I don't have anything to give and I'm tired and I feel like I'm impatient and, I just know, okay, I am not meeting Elisha's needs. It's so incredible to have that grace and him just like feeling like, oh, he'll just, he'll pull me Hmm. and I don't ever feel like a burden to you. And Hmm. I'm just, I'm getting emotional because I just, I just feel so loved by you.
0: Oh, I feel loved by you, Katie, babe. And I, I am by far the bigger recipient in this, in this marriage, or I should say I'm the recipient of far more in this marriage because of what you've the vision that you've had for marriage and just your 100% buy-in into marriage. Um, yeah, it's just it's, it's such a blessing to be, like you said, in this life with a teammate and to become come more, become more and more clear as to what the goal is, what the desired outcome is, you know, big, big picture, like that 30,000 foot view or that eternal perspective, but then to also agree as you break things down, what that will look like in a practical level. Get, making traction and making progress towards that desired outcome. Um, because it's one thing to, like, I think most married Christian marriages could agree on a pretty like generic or general like mission statement. Like the, the purpose of our marriage is to glorify God, you know, or the pur- purpose of our marriage is to like bring glory and honor and, and, you know, it's to serve God, you know, with our talents. You're like, okay, that's good. Like, let's put that, You know, on 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 our cups, you know, our coffee mugs, and and put that in the morning. But then, as you start breaking down what that looks like, that's like where the rubber meets the road. And be like, okay, well, in your brain, that must look like something because you're going to be do you're going to be taking action throughout this life. And what does your marriage bringing glory to God look like when you wake up on Monday morning? Or what does it look like? You know, that's the thing too. Is like this happens from the time you say I do when you enter into that covenant. Just you're no longer an individual. You are. Whether you feel it or not, you just are one unit. You're a brand new team, and it might take you time to realize that, to believe it, to understand the depth and the profundity. It'll probably take us our whole, our entire lifetime seeking the, the profundity of two becoming one, and we won't be able to grasp the fullness of that until we get to heaven. However, I think that we can start to realize that that truth, that reality, should shape the way we approach the daily Together, the daily tasks, the daily missions, the daily challenges and problems. And and I think the more you believe that, the more it actually does affect the way that you take approach those daily tasks.
1: Yeah, on a you know, as you're saying this, I think, okay, on a super, super practical level, I've said this before, but something that just on the day in and day out, when you lose perspective of the big picture and everything that really just helps us live this out is planning our week together on Mm. Sunday and knowing what the other person's crucial outcomes for the week are and sharing your crucial outcomes for the week. And it just is really, we're really quickly able to see if on this weekly base we're aligned. Mm. And honestly, especially if, you know, one of you is full-time at home and one of you is full-time working, you know, outside the home and say you aren't, like on the days when Elisha's home, here with me. I know he sees what I'm doing, and there's an element of comfort in that. You know, I see what he's doing, and I'm like, wow, he's working his tail off. Good for him. He sees, wow, Katie's doing the best she can to work here in her home and keep everything flowing. And there's this element of appreciation there. I think it's natural that sometimes we don't have that element of appreciation for our spouse when we don't see them all day long. And then say they come home exhausted or on edge or something, or we're exhausted on edge when they come home and we just have no concept of what's been going on in their day. Hmm. And so obviously you can share that, but I just, I see that being a common thread in so many marriages where it, it does become about the like, Oh, well, you know, Say, Elisha comes home from work, and I want to, I end up kind of complaining to him because I want him to know like today was such a big, hard day. Because hmm. I mainly, because I just want him to appreciate me. I think that's like the root of it. So, anyways, obviously, that's not really fun. So, having just this little outline where Elisha knows, okay, this is a big week for Katie or a big day for Katie, and I know what is big for him and what he's doing. Yes. It just really helps. All there. Us- us really appreciate the other person and feel like, okay, we're pulling we're pulling together and yeah. we are aligned in this.
0: That's right. And it's crazy because that could almost sound, if you're thinking about this from a 50-50, like we're keeping a track of each other's score. We're kind of like, okay, how many points did you do today? How many points did I do today? <laughs> but that's not the perspective we have when we no. go to this. Because when we're writing these crucials down that you have to take care of and that I have to take care of, we This is from the premise of we are both doing these crucials for the betterment of our family, for the for the growth of our family, for moving the needle forward, um, for for the, yeah moving the needle on the things that we want on the projects we want moved forward, and from that perspective, we're both able to take just mutual appreciation in the other person's skill sets and the energy and the time that they put into it, and so it ends up being a, being a huge blessing.
1: Yeah, I can see how that could get. It's not me saying like okay, well, I'm doing these three things, so you do those three things kind mm-hmm. of thing. I might have a bigger week than Elisha some weeks, and often, <laughs> the majority of the time, Elisha has way bigger weeks than I have. But it's not like he feels like he's pulling more, I feel like I'm pulling more. It's just this appreciation of like, wow, you're doing all these things to move our family forward. Like, thank you so much for doing that.
0: Wow, well, yeah. You know, I, I, we, we might even link it. I did a podcast interview with... um Jeremy Pryor from family teams, familyteams.com. And he, he speaks about family in regards to it being a team. And that really, there were some things that he said that I think were just profound in the regards to, I know we're speaking mostly about uh, marriage here, but this also, I think applies to the family unit. Just instead of viewing it as a, a bunch of individuals and trying to thrive as individuals, being like, wow, God's made us a unit. We are a team here. What is the team mission, the team goal, and how are we going to break that down from a tactical level uh, on a tactical level to to make advancements in in said goals? And so that we'll link that below because I think that's very helpful. Yeah, and that
1: it, was a great interview.
0: And it also made me realize too, it's so funny when I think back, Katie and I both played team sports, but I I truly was never a a hundred percent team player in, in that, like I I just, I just couldn't, I could not put the success of my team on in a higher place in my brain than my personal success. And I know that's just crazy immature and like lame not really. I to think say that's uh, most of the time. But the if truth. I'm being honest, like looking back, you know, I think actually that one of my favorite, y- yeah, I know this for a fact, like the, the highest scoring basketball game I had was a game that, that we lost in overtime, but I still was just like the most stoked after that game. You know what I mean? Obviously, would it have been better if we won? Like, yeah, but I was stoked. Like, I I even hit the I I hit a shot to, at the end to send it into overtime, a clutch shot, and we ended up losing in overtime. But I was at the, I was like riding the bus home. It was a away game and a away game, and I was riding the bus. Home. I was like, that was that was awesome like that was I did so good this I game just, like i
1: picturing you like zoning out in the back just like reliving everything yeah and it's not that again would I have
0: rather won yeah I would have rather won and had a you know really good individual game but the reason I say that isn't to acknowledge how immature and you know how incapable I was of like having humility and putting the team first but I do think that in regards you know we're, we're told all the time in sports or in the work environment to be a team player to think of the What's best for the company or for the business, or to be a team player, even in regards to our church, like what's best for the church and the local congregation. But we really have a hard time wrapping our mind around that. And I do think that a lot of times it's for a worthy reason. You're kind of like, well, that's actually my my individual like demise is not worth it actually for the success of this company. But I think we can agree that we can actually look at our marriage and be like, no, the health of my marriage is. I'm not even an individual anymore. I'm I'm one here. And so the health of our marriage takes precedent for my well-being. Like it's even like a selfish approach, but the betterment of my marriage is the betterment of me and my pursuit here on earth. And so I feel like marriage and family is like the first time I've ever been able to say like i'm truly a team player (laughs) because every other
1: you definitely are oh my goodness uh
0: anyways a couple things that i think just this is just language that i think should bring up red flags okay hold on real quick
1: because i just want to touch on i think it's really easy again even with the team language though to fall into this like okay i'm doing my part why aren't you doing your part Mm. and the whole reason that a team is fun with in a, within a marriage is just like, I'm just going to go all out for the betterment of this union. Yes. Regardless of what this person's doing, it's going to be better if I am all in no matter what. Hmm. And I just think that that's really important because I think it can kind of be like, it can start to be kind of like, yes, you do, you know, you need to step up. Like well, you yeah. need to, you need to be a team player. Yeah. You know? I mean,
0: that is, that is the, the unfortunate reality is that with your, you're not always going to be like on the same Spiritual wavelength as your spouse. No. Like, I feel like, I mean, Katie can speak to that because I'm always behind no, her spiritual I don't know wavelength. I was so emphatic. And I was, you're like, like, yeah, no joke. Married to this chump over here.
1: Okay. No, like, elijah I think I was thinking more like for me.
0: Uh, no, but I, I mean, I, I know that there's probably more extreme examples out there than you and I, um, mm, where, yeah. where the spiritual maturity, there's a huge, huge gap probably in. in yeah, maybe having an
1: unbelieving spouse or, you know.
0: Yeah, well, you know. I mean, yeah, again, that is, that is a crazy thing. And, it, and that, that definitely requires a ton of prayer. And, and like the word, talk, the Bible talks about that, you know, and being not unequally be, uh, yoked. Because this is like a spiritual union that that you're entering into. There's a spiritual element to marriage that if regardless of whether or not both spouses are married. That's what's crazy about it is a spiritual union. But huh? marriage, marriage is a spiritual union. Like God created it.
1: Regardless of whether both spouses are married.
0: Oh, sorry. <laughs> Regardless of whether or not both spouses are Christians.
1: <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. I don't like. I'm not trying to correct you. I'm no, genuinely I'm glad. I did. A little yeah. confused with that. One. I'm
0: glad that was. Yeah, I'm really glad you jumped in there. Um,
1: <laughs> no, but I do. I do want to hear the language. I cut you off, but oh, I want to hear it. The yeah, language. Yeah, I was just gonna, gonna kind of say
0: a few of these things to wrap wrap this up. And I'm not saying any of these things are like inherently wrong and you need to entirely eliminate them from your vernacular but I do think that they it's one of those things that you maybe should just like stop and question whether or not it is true or should be in your your vocabulary and really any language around you know individualism or autonomy or you know being sovereignty over your body um, or being you know a personal calling or like a customized anything like a customized calling um, or yeah just like anything that's independence like I want my independence all these things, again, in some contexts, those things could be totally biblical and fine, but I think in the context of marriage and when you're speaking to your spouse, those those words really don't have much of a place. It's like, we are one. We are a unit. And even a lot of language that gets thrown around is like, um, like a personal calling that God's put on your heart. Well, guess what? Now that you're in marriage, it's it's not just a personal calling. It's either a marriage calling or it's not a calling anymore. And so to let what you think is a personal calling take precedence and priority over your marriage is actually being disobedient to God. And so it's really hard to question whether—it's easy to question whether or not that's truly a calling from the Lord. And I think that oftentimes this happens because we'll view marriage as not us literally having a new existence in this union, but as like an add-on to our life where it's like, oh, I want friendship, I want companionship. I want guilt, you know, I want like a God-ordained sex, you know, like guilt-free sex. I want to have somebody that I can procreate with. I want to have somebody that I can have fun with. I want to have somebody that I can even be a ministry partner with. Now, those are all great byproducts of marriage, but none of those things are what marriage is. And I think that when you start saying, "Well, I want you know a friend, I want companionship, I don't want to be lonely, I want romance, I want all these things," and I also want my personal calling on my life, the Lord's place in my heart, it's like, whoa! If you're in marriage, it's not like it's a per—you don't have just a personal calling anymore.
1: It's so funny. I've never thought of it that way, but it's so true because anything you're involved in it affects me, and yes. anything I'm involved in affects you. So, regardless of whether I think it's personal or you think it's personal. It really affects the other person. Just like on a practical level, it's not actually a thing. Yeah, it affects and, both people.
0: And it's been so cool to see marriages that we look up to where one of the individuals might have in the marriage might have had a something on their heart from the Lord for years, but they didn't let that hinder their marriage. They didn't step out from the unity of their marriage, whether it was a man or whether it was a woman. But they waited on the Lord until well, most times the Lord then turned the spouse's heart towards and they're like, yeah, this is a, a, a marriage calling. It's not an individual calling where I'm now going to step out and, you know, leave my wife and children, you know, trying to keep up behind me. And there's nothing. And, and likewise, vice versa with the woman saying like, well, this is my calling. And I'm just going to, you know, step out and, and behave in this way. Yeah.
1: Well, and on the flip side of that, I would say that there are so many women I know who have taken it upon themselves to support their husband's calling. And I would think I, Elisha is a really mature person and you've laid down a lot of things um, for the health of our family that I know that you desire to do. But I would, um, challenge us as women and as wives, if our husband's believe that the Lord's really placed something on their hearts to strongly, strongly consider supporting that calling and having it become an us calling and having it become our calling.
0: Mm-hmm. Cause
1: you know, I think of my grandparents, for example, this is just what brought that concept to mind. My grandpa is the most social guy in the world. He's so hospitable. He doesn't know a stranger and he loves having people in his home. And, and like he loves like a lot of down and out people. Like he's not a respecter of persons Mm -hmm. and like the annoying people, the people that talk too long, the people that nobody likes, the people that kind of smell, he just welcomes them into his home. And my grandma's totally introverted, like likes time by herself, likes it quiet. And she has had, they have had an open door like policy in their home where they've had people staying in their home at all hours of the day and night for like Sometimes weeks at a time, and then like she changes the sheets, and the new family comes in her entire life, and they're like in their late well, 70s she, and 80s like, now.
0: Yeah, your grandma's like 72, 73, and your grandpa's, yeah,
1: yeah. Any 80s, of you who 80s. have met my grandpa Burnell and grandma Paula have just been so blessed. I know this by their hospita- hospitable, hospitality, yeah, thank you, hospitality, and. That is a calling that my grandma saw the Lord placed on my grandpa's heart and she lived into that and it was their marriage calling, but that was not something that she was just like naturally called to herself. So anyways, I just think that that's a big challenge. Just seeing how many people they've been able to bless because she didn't fight him on that and say, no, we aren't, we aren't having people stay here. Are you kidding? People stayed here last week. Uh, Um, it's just. It's really inspirational to that me. That
0: is. It's such a good example. And that's a pretty like big example, you know, of something that like.
1: <laughs> like a lifetime of service. Yeah.
0: But what's cool is that, you know, I mentioned like praying that the Lord would change your heart or change your spouse's heart. But it's crazy is how much of the ability we have just to change our minds too. like as humans, if your spouse, like you've, you, there are so many things that I am so stoked about right now that I just chose to be stoked about because you were excited about it. And I know that's definitely the case, vice versa, where you're like, oh, cool. like Elisha's into that. Well, I'm going to, you weren't naturally, or you weren't already into that, but you just chose to get excited about it. And once again, I think you can do that a lot more willingly and confidently when you understand, oh, we are one, this thing right here. And if I, if I, why, why wouldn't I try to get excited about that? Like, I'm going to do that, especially with smaller things, you know, with like interests or hobbies or, um, different lifestyles that you, that you want to experience here in this earth. Be like, okay, well, I'm going to try to get excited about that. And it's crazy how capable we are of like, cha- of actually getting excited about things that we never thought we could get excited about.
1: Yeah, like, no, Isn't that the truth?
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think of like all the things we're excited about these days and it's like three years ago. We would have just laughed at us, been like, what dorks? But we just like chose to get excited about different things, and I like, genuinely think it's cool now.
1: Yeah, and we don't want to make light, obviously, of a marriage where, I mean, obviously, Elisha and I have a lot of reciprocating love for each other, and I feel like we have a lot of margin in our marriage most of the time. And I know that there are some marriages where you just are emotionally drained, and you're just... You don't feel like your spouse has given anything to you for years and you've been loving and you're just fatigued and exhausted. But I think the beautiful thing is that, you know, God's word doesn't return void and he is so faithful and he can be faithful to fill us in those times. And there's always blessing in acting and in and acting according to Christ, you know, living for God and not to man. And maybe if your husband or your wife isn't in a season where you can really do this unto them, doing it unto Christ Mm. and loving a hundred percent because Christ loves me a hundred percent because he loves you a hundred percent and has laid down his life completely. It can kind of can help change the perspective sometimes when you feel like you're, you just can't do it
0: Mm. for
1: that person's sake. Um, we well, can't do it for Christ always because he loved us while we were still sinners.
0: Amen, Katie. I mean, yeah, what a great way to honestly conclude this episode because that, that honestly, I would want to love you 100% a hundred percent as first and foremost, because of how Christ loved me and in servitude of, to him. Like, I don't want my first identity to be, Oh, I'm no longer Elisha, but I'm Elisha and Katie. No, my identity is I'm bought at a price. I'm no longer my own. Christ who bought me is my Lord, and he owns me. Everything I now do, I do in servanthood of him. He is my He's my king. He's my Lord. He's who I serve. And what a blessing it is when you have a reciprocal marriage and you've got reciprocity in regards to, you know, emotions and friendship and and i guess passions and you know sex and all those things when it's a really back and forth thing where you guys are both receiving but even apart from that there is true joy to be found in serving the lord in those various seasons of your life and that's how i that's like that's got to be the bedrock really so good Well,
1: well you know this classic i tell elisha hey let's let's make this a short episode tonight And here we are going on fifty minutes. Yeah,
0: we should wrap this up. (laughs) Folks, thank you so much for listening. Katie, any parting words?
1: No, we love you guys. We're so thankful for you and and just this community. So thanks for listening, guys. Bye-bye.